0: Welcome to the Become New podcast with John Orberg. We're in a series right now called Habit, where we're looking at the daily practices that shape the people we become. If you like this podcast, you can share it with a friend, or give us a review wherever you're listening. That will help us spread the word. For more resources, visit becomenew.me. Now here's John.
1: This is the day the Lord will make. (laughs) This is the day the Lord has made, although He's going to make the rest of it. I will rejoice and be glad in it somehow. And the somehow today has very deep roots. I was just this last weekend in Pasadena at Fuller Seminary. And on Sunday morning when we woke up, we had found out that seven miles away, Monterey Park, there had been a mass shooting. And I think 10 people so far have died from that. That was Sunday. I got home two days later and uh, actually one day later and into the bay area and in half moon bay where we would often go often do go to see the ocean to walk to surf one of our kids used to work at half moon bay surf shop half moon bay had a mass shooting and uh, seven people died and it is so uh, painful to the soul to keep reading of these so i thought it would be good to talk for a while to us we want to be in prayer When I was at Fuller, the community immediately um, sent a message of prayer and lament and walking alongside of folks, several folks in that community uh, live in Monterey Park or go to church in Monterey Park. And um, we want to be part of whatever the solution could be. 45,000 people every year die from gun violence. So we want to be in prayer. But we also, when we hear or read stories about that, it's important for us to read and reflect on them with empathy and humility and openness. Because we know with everything that is a mess going on inside the world, that's not something that allows us to feel superior. That same um, violence potential for hatred, bitterness, greed, pride uh, is inside me. It's not just out there. And so I wanted to talk with us in the fellowship of the withered hand who um, cannot straighten out our own lives, but God can about how to do that. And to do that is we're thinking about habits. And so I wanted to talk today about Habits of the Heart. Habits of the Heart was a book written by Robert Bella about almost 40 years ago now, reflecting on the state of community and hyper-individualism, isolation, um, a, a lot of trajectories that have just continued for the last 35 years. He, in turn, took that phrase from the French thinker a couple hundred years ago, Alexis de Tocqueville, who was reflecting on what are the habits, what are the personal characteristics that are needed for people to live together well in community and a democracy. And the phrase reminds us that habits are not just about convenient hacks that we have to try to be healthier or wealthier as selfish individuals. Um, habits form communities as well as forming individuals, how we gather or don't gather, how we see people who are different than us or are not with those people, Um, where we learn from, where we get exposed to ideas and information. Those things are all forming us all the time. And um, we want to allow Jesus to be the one that's forming us. And in fact, that phrase, habit of the heart, reminds us That the habits that matter most are not just um, things that involve our behaviors, they are in the heart. Now, you might, if you don't like the word habit, wonder why Tocqueville didn't use a phrase like cultivating the heart or practices the heart. Well, you'll have to take that up with Tocqueville, and he's dead. Um, But the master understander of the habits of the heart, of course, is Jesus. And the Sermon on the Mount is the greatest... Um, teaching on habit formation of all time, and he talks about how it is the habits of the heart that matter. You have heard that it was said, don't murder, and you might think, well, as long as I'm not murdering people, I'm okay. But I tell you, anybody who is angry with his brother or sister in his heart is subject to judgment. And whoever says racha, that was a term of contempt, possibly because it's the sound that you make when you're about to spit on somebody, (laughs) Uh, is liable to uh, judgment and liable to the courts and anybody who says you fool is liable to the fires of hell it is the it is out of the heart see out of the habits that are there that the outward troubles flow and if my heart is on the wrong track then just trying to um, control my behavior is not going to solve my problem so i want to ask you today what are the habits of your heart when it comes to anger How do you deal with it when you get hurt or frustrated or afraid? Because Neil Warren used to say those are the primary emotions out of which our anger. Anger is what happens when the will is frustrated, out of which our anger emerges. John Gottman, the great marriage researcher, uh, is able to predict with 95% accuracy, after just a few minutes watching a couple, whether or not they will get divorced because of what he calls the four horsemen. These are really four habits of mismanaging anger. Criticism, and that's not complaint. Complaint is just, uh, when you said this, it my feelings were hurt. Uh, criticism is, you don't care about anybody but yourself. It's a statement of judgment. And then that leads to contempt. Eye rolling, mockery, sarcasm. Contempt is the number one predictor of divorce. Sobering to me to know how easy it is for me to express contempt with just a look. People who know and love me have told me that. And then defensiveness. I can't be wrong. And then that leads to stonewalling. uh, Withdrawal, refusal to engage, pouting, being stubborn. What Swedes call normal relational behavior. And uh, that's what destroys relationships. So what's the alternative to that? How can I deal with um, my habitual response to anger in ways that will lead me towards God and towards life and not away? This is from a book by Richard Rollheiser called Sacred Fire. And uh, his suggestion is, let suffering soften your heart rather than harden your soul. He says, there is no depth of soul without suffering. And I was thinking, the reason I'm standing here right now, you might be able to see right now there's some guys who are pruning the vines. where I live. They're not our vines, not our grapes, not our wine. If you're wondering, what are we going to come out with? Become new wine. Uh, not going to happen. But uh, it's interesting that vines have to be pruned. They have to be cut in order for them to flourish and grow. There is no depth of soul without suffering. Human experience has taught us this long ago. We attain depth primarily through suffering, especially through the kind of suffering that's also humiliating. If any of us were to ask ourselves the question, what's given me depth, what's opened me to deeper perception and understanding? Almost invariably, the answer would be one of which we would be ashamed to speak. We were bullied as a child. We were abused in some way. Something about our physical appearance makes us feel inferior. We speak with an accent. We're always the outsider. We have a weight problem. We're socially awkward. The list goes on, but the truth is always the same. To the extent that we have depth, we have also been humiliated. The two are inexplicably connected. But depth is not all of a kind. Humiliation makes us deep, but it can make us deep in very different ways. It can make us deep in understanding, empathy, and forgiveness, or or it can make us deep in resentment, bitterness, and vengeance. This is so interesting. He writes, the young men who shot their classmates in Columbine, the young man who indiscriminately gunned down students at Virginia Tech University, or we might say, uh, with pretty safe assurance, that man who gunned down people in Monterey Park, that man who gunned down people in Half Moon Bay, suffered more than their share of humiliation in life, and that has made them deep. Sadly, in their case, it made them deep in anger, deep in bitterness, deep in murder. And I know those depths in my heart. I know them. I feel them. We see the opposite in Jesus in how he faces his crucifixion See, forgiveness and compassion had become habits of the heart for Jesus. So here's the invitation for today as you're thinking about cultivating a habit of the heart today. um, And it has to do with forgiveness. Today, as you walk through the day, bless more and curse less. Bless more, curse less. We are mature, Rochazer writes, when we define ourselves by what we're for rather than by what we're against. The capacity to bless more than to curse defines maturity. Nothing so depresses us as cursing others, just as nothing brings as much joy into our lives as blessing others. When we act petty, we get to feel petty. When we act like God, we get to feel like God, and God is never depressed because God is always blessed and always blessing. So take a moment right now and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Receive that blessing into your heart And now I want you to think of one other person in your life. It may be a friend, maybe a difficult person if you're up for the challenge in this moment. Might be somebody in your family, a parent or a spouse or a child or somebody in your class or a teacher. And I want you to bless them before God. I want you to will their good right now. Think of that person, their face, their life, their voice. God, would you bless that one? Would you make your face shine on them? Would you bring life and good things into their being? And now I want to invite you for the rest of the day, just think for a moment about who you might talk to, what meetings you might be a part of, what phone calls, who you might email. Ask God right now, God, would you help me bless and not curse? Because when we bless like God, we get to feel like God. Because love is habit forming.
0: Hi, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us. You mean so much to us as a community. And we hope that this series helps you build some new habits in your life to help you grow spiritually one day at a time and we want to hear from you throughout the series if you have questions you can put them in the comment box wherever you're watching or you can email us or text us and at the end of the series we're going to sit down with John and talk about some of your questions for more resources you can visit become new.me and to spread the word you can hit subscribe share this video with a friend or give us a review on podcasts wherever you're listening
1: we'll see you next time